Welcome to Smart Casual, Images Fashion Podcast in collaboration with Kildare Village, dealing with personal style in a way that speaks to you. Hosted by me, Fashion Director Marie Kelly. And me, Eugene O'Connell, Image.ie staff writer. And me, Dominique McMullen, Digital Editor of Image Publications. In our 20s, 30s and 40s, we're three women across three decades with three unique perspectives on how fashion shapes the world. Fashion and personal style are about a lot more than the clothes we choose to put on every morning. They're about the world we live in and they're about who we choose to be. There's a lot of talk when it comes to fashion and we certainly love a chat. Welcome to Smart Casual. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Smart Casual. Now, I would usually say that uh, it's unlucky for some, but not for us. But actually, on this occasion, it has been unlucky. Um, Storm Gareth has delayed us a day. So we are now lucky enough to have Ferdie Gallagher with us uh, as our interviewee this week. He couldn't make it down. He lives in Donegal and his flight was delayed and then cancelled and then cancelled and then cancelled. So now we have him with us. Um, so the weather is definitely still bananas, but we are feeling a spring in our step now it's March. Um, and our attentions are definitely turning towards our spring-summer wardrobes and how to add a bit of colour and light to our clothes while remaining, of course, as economical as possible. Is a capsule wardrobe the answer? We will be discussing. Our guest this week, as I said, is Ferdia Gallagher, a young model from Donegal who took Paris Fashion Week by storm this season. We're going to be chatting to him later in the episode in the perfect ending to what's been a pretty momentous fashion month. But uh, first of all, let's talk our highs for the week. Aidy. Um, so my high this week is a bit of a personal one. So I have a family wedding at the end of April and I was searching high and low for something and I'd had my eye on it for ages, so I started to save and I finally bought a Rixo dress, oh. my very first one, and it came yesterday. <laughs> um, so I was saving and saving and saving, so I was like, I just have to do it and I can see now why women seem to love them and there's so much hype around them because they're just so flattering and they're just so gorgeous on. But when I tried it on yesterday, I got a bit of a fright because it has a side zip and side zips don't really tend to suit me because with the bigger chest... They just oh. don't tend to come up as easily. And I got a fright and I was like, oh my God, it's not zipping up. I was like, I can't, I can't return it, I can't because I love it. And I was like, if I get a different size, it'd be way too big. But I changed my bra. I'm ah. in a fit. Ah. So your undergarments are very important, ladies. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Certainly do. What about you, Dominique? So I, we had a big uh, award ceremony in Image on Sunday night. The Image Business of Beauty Awards, which is... The glamour is really, it can't be described. It has to be seen to be believed. Um, And I could not find a dress for love nor money um, that would fit over the bump. And I found a dress uh, eventually, which took a lot of searching. There is a maternity dress maker in Newry called Beauty and the Bump. And she very kindly uh, had a dress fit perfectly to me. It was kind of white with fishtail and a bit of a Bardot neckline. Um, and I, I have to say, I felt really beautiful in it. You looked on fire, Dominique. <laughs> I actually you really did. I only saw a picture of you this morning. Lizzie showed me, uh, our, our editor-in-chief showed me a picture of the two of you together and you both looked amazing you were you were Marilyn Monroe uh, mm-hmm. you were, you were oh Marilyn God, you Monroe were. it was very it, I have to say it was really nice when you're this pregnant you don't often feel very pretty so it was nice to have a nice dress on and, and be all glammed up there was a lot of hair and makeup involved as well so <laughs> you're very kind uh, Marie what about 
you? Um, so my high this week was actually discovering an Irish denim brand, a really, really great Irish denim brand. Um, I was very kindly sent um, a pair of jeans from a label called Rant and Rave, which is based in Monaghan. So before they set up their eponymous label in 2004, they had been making jeans for... Um, Paul Costello, John Rocha, various wow. uh, high street brands. Um, so they very kindly sent me a pair of um, flared jeans and they felt fabulous on. And we were talking a couple of weeks ago in depth about denim and we were saying that it's so hard to get that balance between stretch and structure. Yeah. And these jeans had it. Wow. And like I was so impressed with them. I felt fabulous in them all day wow. and you know the way we were saying that when you find a great pair of denim you 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 feel like your best self but I felt like half the size that I felt the day before you know <laughs> they had that sort of magic about them um, and I think um, if I can remember correctly they the price range around about 70, 80 euro mark so great. really affordable so um, check out rantandrave.eu I was really impressed with them um, just felt fabulous in them so it was really nice to discover that you can actually buy Irish denim it's always just great to know about new Irish mm. kind of labels yeah. as well or, or ones that we weren't aware of. Totally. Really worth checking out. Super. Um, so spring, more than any other season, calls for a bit of a wardrobe update. But here at Image, rather than bulk buy into trends and buy into throwaway culture generally, we try whenever possible to be intelligent when we're adding to our wardrobes. Less is often more. And so the idea of a capsule wardrobe update for a new season seems wise. And when we first talked about it, it made sense. Um, but actually, when we sat down to discuss the topic for this week's episode, we discovered really quickly that we all have really different definitions of what a capsule actually means. Um, and we realized also that that kind of wardrobe edit isn't really possible or even necessarily desirable mm -hmm. for everybody. I know that I said I've kind of been forced into doing a capsule wardrobe because you know, 85% of my wardrobe doesn't really fit me anymore. And I had this really emotional experience a few weeks ago where I packed away everything um, and literally put it all in vacuum sealed bags, you know, my beautiful dresses and beautiful kind of suits that I love. Mm. Um, and I had to keep saying to myself and almost saying to the clothes, like, I will see you again. This isn't the <laughs> end. <laughs> I won't forget you. Yeah, I won't forget you. I'm, this isn't goodbye. It's just it's so long. So long. <laughs> As I pop them under under the bed. Um, so now I do have a really small selection of clothes. And I've heard so many people talk about when they have that kind of capsule edit that it's so, you know, it's such a Liberating. Burn. Yeah. And and it's not been. It's been, it's been really quite <laughs> like torturous and depressing. Like I open my wardrobe and I just see, you know, the same ten things, and I'm like, oh, really? Are we going to have to wear that dress again? Um, so I haven't found it very liberating. I would be someone season through season that I would like put away my big coats, mm -hmm. but you know, I wouldn't really consider that really a capsule edit. That's yeah, just, no, that's just season. you know, yeah, seasonal, seasonal organizing. Yeah, organizing exactly. Um, but what about you guys? Do you do capsule wardrobes at all? I get, I don't. Um, and it's it's really funny when you know you talk about the heartbreak of vacuum packing your clothes. Yeah. I I can totally identify that. I, I with that. I, I don't think I could ever actually do that. I have to have all my clothes hanging there where I can see them all the time. And I, I guess I have very few what I would describe as summer pieces, strictly summer pieces. Most of my clothes work kind of all year round. I layer a lot and I don't invest much in summer clothes. So nothing gets put away. Everything is there all the time. And, and, and I love to just 
I love the visibility yeah. of, of having all my clothes there to see. Um, but when I was thinking about capsule wardrobe, I, I think it I think it's very important for certain women in certain situations. I think, for example, women who work in a corporate environment, I think it really makes sense for them to have, they have a very defined dress code, so it makes sense for them to have a very defined capsule wardrobe that makes it easy um, to get dressed every morning and know that they look professional, that they feel like themselves, that they feel like mm, they're most confident. And I think that makes sense um, for them. And I think women who travel an awful lot, it makes sense also to have a capsule wardrobe so that every time mm. you pull out the suitcase to pack, you know, there are women who travel every sort of fortnight, weekly sometimes. And I think in in that scenario to to just know exactly to have your defined pieces that you put in that suitcase each time I think makes absolute sense mm. but for me neither of those situations apply to me so you know for me I just like to have my entire wardrobe there visible mm. at my fingertips but then Aideen you wrote a really really great piece about creating capsule wardrobe on image.ie and when I was reading it what I did notice was that all those pieces you identify they are the anchors of my wardrobe you know, the midi skirts, the blazer, yeah. the trainers, the great T-shirts. They, they, so those capsule essentials are the anchors of my wardrobe. But I guess it's not a capsule edit that I have. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a, a kind of broader sort of um, look or a broader kind of um, more options, I guess, on those, on those basics. With that piece, as well, what I was kind of the point I was trying to get across was that like capsule wardrobes are a lot harder than people think. Um, yeah. Like the idea of them sounds simple, but to put it into practice, it, it is really, really difficult. And you have to take in like seasons and you have to take in like body shape and personal taste. And I think even in today's world to have a capsule wardrobe in itself is just not possible because you're bombarded with choice mm-hmm. online all the time. And there's always going to be something else you want or something new that you want. And I don't think you'll ever feel complete with just this little capsulated piece in, in your of your clothes. But um, I think for me... I'm kind of forced into it as well, kind of like you, Dominique. Um, obviously, I'm only kind of recently out of college. I'm only starting my career, so I don't have a lot of disposable income to be kind of playing around with. And mm-hmm. like the Rixel piece that I bought, that was over a period of time that I was saving bit by bit. So I kind of have to stick to what I have. And when I am buying pieces, I have to think longevity and I have to think about how much wear I'm going to get out, mm-hmm. the quality, stuff like that. And a lot of my friends, my family would be like, oh, sure, you've loads of clothes, like you're fine. But when I was thinking about it and after we were talking about it, I actually do have... I think a capsule wardrobe like there's pieces that I seem to wear again and again and again and they're always a part of my wardrobe so I might have like two or three really good coats I have a good pair of black jeans that I always wear a leather jacket my blank ankle boots and they always seem to pop up a few Mm. good mini skirts things like that so I think maybe not out of choice I didn't think I was doing it but I have capsulated it Mm. It's a capsule wardrobe built around key pieces, isn't it? And then you're adding and taking away. You know, you're saying like, you know, you don't have disposable income, so you are being forced to make key choices and buy investment pieces. But like that's, you're not being forced into that. That's great. Like you Mm. could be spending your small amount of disposable income on really cheap throwaway clothes. And you're not doing that, which I think is a really great thing, Mm. you know? Mm. Yeah, I think capsule wardrobes, if people were maybe a bit more into it and maybe maybe learned a bit more about them, I think, in the long run. I think they're probably better. They're better for sustainability. They're better things like that because you're, you're working with what you have. You're not like spending your money frivolously or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you said earlier as well about a capsule wardrobe has to work with your body shape. I think that's really important yeah. though because I do think that phrase capsule wardrobe, um, it, can, it can sound quite generic 
like these same pieces will work for every woman. Yeah. They won't. Yeah. I think the edit you did um, on Imishad Ali was brilliant and, and I think generally speaking universally quite quite strong in terms of most women will, will be able to pull on at least half of those capsule pieces. But I think you've got to work with your body shape. I think for, you know, I see you a lot in these absolutely gorgeous kind of midi dresses that you cinch in at the waist. That's That for me, you know, is, is one of your capsule pieces and it suits your body shape perfectly. It wouldn't be a capsule piece for me because yeah. it, it yeah. wouldn't do anything for me. So I think women, I think, need to understand that a capsule wardrobe is not a blanket generic term. You know, it yeah. is, they are pieces that work for you, your lifestyle and your body shape. Yeah. Very specific. Yeah, because you do see articles, don't you, where they're, you know, everybody needs... Yeah, ABC. Yes. You know, and it doesn't work like that. Like we often say in here, actually, you know, fashion is really about what works for you Mm. and what you get enjoyment out of. Mm. Yeah, and what suits you. Not... uh, and a even a capsule equation. Exactly. And even a, a capsule wardrobe should reflect your personality. We always talk yeah. about fashion reflecting your personality and a capsule wardrobe should should too. Yeah. You know, and I think that's really important. I think it, it has just become a sort of a genericized term. Yeah. That and doesn't really mean anything yeah, anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I know that what, what you were saying, I do have a little capsule wardrobe for traveling. Yeah. Like I don't travel that frequently at all, but I have a little bag with all my like hot country clothes yes <laughs> and that is my little capsule wardrobe yeah. for that but you know over a course of a lifetime you know even if you're being really um you're really thinking about the clothes you're buying and you're really investing you are collecting lots of pieces yeah. you know so you are going to end up with like what you have you know Marie yeah. your wardrobe of things you can see yeah. and and all your all your bits yeah. you, like you'd be an incredibly boring person if you had 10 items well, and I, you always yeah. kept it to that I it's mean, not realistic I don't think I don't think it's realistic to be like this no. is the coat that's going to last me a lifetime or because over time you change yeah. as a person your own tastes are going to change yeah. so it's not yeah well it's and it's not to say of course that piece stays in your wardrobe and, yeah, and comes know. out you know <laughs> at times through the years but yeah it, it's it's very difficult to give yourself over to that one that one piece yeah. I think I, I think for me I, I just you know I love that and, I, and as I said before I don't have an enormous wardrobe I don't have a dressing room you know yeah. um, I have you know I have two wardrobes um, I so have this a, vision of your dressing room. I don't do know. You? Why. Oh gosh, do. it doesn't totally exist. Beautiful <laughs> yeah. space. Oh, thanks, guys. No, it doesn't exist. Um, two wardrobes. Um, but I guess I take such joy out of um, looking at um, what I've accumulated yeah. over the years. And yeah. and you know, when I open up my wardrobe, I see color, and I yeah. see texture. And they're the things that I really love, you know, and the things that I really um, that really suit me and that kind of bring mm. me to life, colour and texture. I, I, I really need because I'm pale and I have a small frame. So, you know, I can look very wishy-washy very easily. Mm. Um, and I, I get a lot of joy out of looking at that, um, I guess, that edit that I have at home, yeah. you know. Well, it makes you think about your wardrobe, I think, a little mm. differently as mm. well. I think for me in particular, because I've had to maybe make my choices a bit more narrower, I've had to think about my clothes a lot more and put them with different pieces and change them up a bit, like accessories, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it kind of makes you more creative in a way. Mm, yeah. I think as well for my, just thinking about capsule wardrobes, I think for my age group, definitely girls in their 20s, there is this enormous, enormous pressure that you have to have something different on all the time. Mm. And I've definitely found that even with my friends, like if we have nights out and stuff, they're like... Oh, I have to get a different dress. Really? And I'm kind of like, mm. but you don't though, you know, yeah. you can just change up. But they're like, no, but like people will have seen me in this dress like wow. five months ago. And I'm like, 
Gosh, five months ago. Yeah, <laughs> I would have thought you were fine yeah. to roll it out again. <laughs> I thought so you meant last week. There, and I think it, a lot of it comes from like social media and Instagram. Yeah, so of course I think the idea does, yeah. of like a capsule wardrobe for yeah. girls in their 20s is just like a foreign idea. Like yeah. it just couldn't be done because how could you? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's such an insane mentality. I can yeah. understand where it's coming from, um, but I think it's such an insane mentality. And I, I always remember um, talking to Amory O'Connor, who was a guest on this podcast, um, and and her saying about, and I totally agreed with her, how disappointed she would be if she bought something and only got one wear out of it. Yeah. And I would, I would feel the exact same. That to me is a bad buy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I failed if I if I bought a piece and I've only worn it once or only feel I could wear it once. It's yeah. it's about buying, and I think that's where separates really come into play. Yeah. Um, just being able to mix them up and match them and uh, recreate them, maybe a little bit more easily sometimes than you can with a dress. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that's kind of really heartbreaking. There's yeah. been a few different people um, on social media recently that I've seen talking about uh, shopping their wardrobe, but I'm I'm doing that with air quotes. Um, like Justine King, who's a stylist, mm-hmm. has been mm-hmm. has been kind of talking about it a lot. And while like it's brilliant, I think it's fantastic. But it's also I just had this moment the other day watching them talking about it. I was like, isn't it bizarre that we've gotten to this point that that's even a phrase? Yeah, yeah. Like, it is actually. You yeah, know, shopping your wardrobe. Like, yeah, like you don't have to buy a new piece yeah. for every occasion. Yeah. Although I, you know, I even I suppose you know, I I, I am definitely guilty of it occasionally if I'm seeing an event or anything like that. I think that's slightly different Um, and I, you know, I would feel the same like when I'm hosting an event. Um, I guess because, you know, all my clothes, all my clothes I wear every day to work. I don't have, I don't have sort of a, a, an, evening wear or occasion wear section in my wardrobe really I don't I just everything that I buy you know works for every day it's just how I approach my wardrobe so so on occasions yeah I I would be the same I would need to to just invest in something slightly different Um, but I think that's 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 different if it's a a work event and it requires a certain sort of dress code thanks (laughs) (laughs) Uh, seal of approval (laughs) I feel okay now Um, and what about for spring what are you guys you know what pieces are you kind of updating because I do feel like even now I'm wearing like a woolly navy dress mm-hmm. and you do get that sudden feeling around now of like I just want to have this urge to throw out everything black and heavy in my wardrobe Absolutely. and like only wear yeah. pastel pink yeah no. <laughs> well, it isn't. you can pull off pastel pink <laughs> I definitely can't but I I see your point but you just want to get you know light freshen and, it up yeah, yeah. freshen it up is there yeah. anything that you guys any key pieces you guys are looking to well, buy I bought about a month ago maybe six weeks ago I bought white boots which yes. were an amazing investment because they make everything feel fresher lighter. and lighter and more spring-like. So are we good with white boots? We're good with white boots. Took me a while to get there. Yeah, okay. It takes That's me a while fun. sometimes to get on board with certain certain trends. And it took, you know, I thought about the white boots for a long time. <laughs> but now I didn't invest heavily because they're going to get marked yeah, really. and they're going yeah. to. So, you know, I, I bought a pair actually... Um, in office online on the sale in the sale, um, so they're a really good price. But I love them, and they really mm. do make everything instantly feel just a bit fresher and a bit more spring like. And I also bought um, a sort of a faux fur white jacket. Um, Lovely. And and again, it was it's just lovely for this time of year because it's really cozy. But again, it just it, it, I feel much fresher and and lighter. Area. Yeah. So they were kind of good good buys. And I, I think the next thing I'm feeling a sort of a check blazer. 
Lovely. Fun. Yeah, I'm feeling kind of, I was down in um, Sea Green there last week in Monkstown and they had a couple of really nice options that I, I didn't realise I wanted to check Placer when I walked into Sea Green, <laughs> but then, you know, saw a couple and now I haven't stopped thinking about the check Blazer. So yeah. But they're so versatile as well. They are. They are. And again, it's, you know, for me, um, transseasonal. So that's really important yeah. uh, to me. I just like things that I, I'm going to be able to wear in, in some way, shape or form, regardless of the weather. So mm. I think that's kind of next on my list. It's on my list now, too. Aideen, <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Um, I bought a bit impractical, but I do think it's very important to have a really good pair of heels. And I bought mm. a strappy sandal in Topshop. And they're kind of like the row um, high heel sandals. If you've seen them, they're kind of... Okay very kind of bare just like one or two straps mm. but they're a really nice heel mm. and I just think it's really really important talking to capsule wardrobes to have a good pair of high heels that you can walk in that yes. will go with everything yeah, yeah. so I bought them because they'll kind of take me through like the end of spring now into summer and you can wear them with jeans you can wear them with dresses and I also have my eye on the trench coat that I put in my oh, nine pieces for a capsule wardrobe Lovely. it's a gorgeous like wrap um, trench coat from ASOS and it has like tapestry labels. It's yeah. so different. Really good twist. Yeah, it's super. Bit yeah. expensive. I'll see if it goes down on the sale. <laughs> I might buy it. <laughs> it's an investment. Yeah, an investment piece. <laughs> so what about you, Dominic? Mine would be. I'm all about the runners at the moment because mm. my feet are just yeah tattered. Um, so white runners. And we've talked about it a lot, but I'm yeah. just still loving a, like a really neat pair of white runners with like a midi dress. Lovely. I just think you couldn't be more spring than Lovely. that. Can't go wrong. Yeah. But interestingly, on the topic of neat white runners, so now I'm sort of thinking about the sort of the dad trainer. Oh yeah. Oh no, I ha- I have a dad trainer. Have you got a dad trainer? I okay. Because I was very anti the dad trainer, yeah. and now I'm again. I'm blaming Sea Green because I went in there last week and saw a really nice pair and I'm thinking oh, could yeah. I do a dad trainer oh do it oh totally <laughs> yeah, do I think it. I should. there's actually lots down in Kildare Village actually. really oh, yeah, well, there I didn't have a look then yeah, yeah I'm oh, so no, definitely you could totally pull it off as well um, yeah I'll see <laughs> <laughs> we'll I'll report back in a couple trainer. of podcasts yeah <laughs> um, well that's great guys I think that about wraps us up yeah. nice chat St. Patrick's Week doesn't have to mean pints and oversized green hats, although of course there's nothing wrong with that either. This weekend sees the launch of Kildare Village's exciting collaboration with Irish design company Stencilize, founded by Kildare native Aoife Hanrahan. Stencilize have created large-scale artworks that will be free to view around Kildare Village from the 14th of March right through until the end of May. So for a different type of Patrick's Day entertainment, you know where to go. So ID described him as one of the 10 breakout boys from Men's Fashion Week this year and as having a jawline that could cut your fingers off. <laughs> At 19 years old, this six foot tall, six foot tall, six foot two? Six foot two, Six yeah. foot two uh, tall Donegal native has done what many models can only dream of in their modelling careers and has walked for none other than Celine in Paris. Um, but he's only just getting started. Mm-hmm. So welcome, Ferdia Gallagher. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> we are delighted to have you. It's great. Um, Ferdia, yeah, especially delighted to have you after all the messing around with Yeah, flight. I know, it's, it's been a while. <laughs> Cancelled flights and everything, but yeah. finally got there. So I'm sure you're used to it coming from Donegal. Yeah, of course, I know. It's it's uh, quite a common thing, so. Yeah. You know, but we're here now, so. We're here now, exactly. 
Um, so you grew up in Donegal. Yeah, is, grew up in Donegal. Is that where you were discovered? Yeah, so I was first discovered through Instagram. Uh, I think it was October, November of 2018. Okay. So it kind of happened so fast, you know. So it was just through Instagram that I met with my future boss, I'll yeah. say, you know, or my scout. And uh, then basically we met up. He just signed me straight away and then wow. flew me to Paris. So it was, you know. So that all happened in the last six months? It all happened really fast, you know. And so did he message you on Instagram? Yeah. So it was just, he must have seen some pictures. Don't know how he's seen them, but. Amazing. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And when he messaged you, did he just first off say, you know, you have a really original look and we'd like you to model for Celine? Yeah, no, it wasn't for Celine initially because that was once I got signed to an agency, they kind of sent my faces around, you know, that's how Celine caught on to me. But uh, he just kind of messaged. He was like, oh, whatever. Have you ever tried? Which I had before. I just dabbled in it. But um, no, it wasn't something I really focused on doing, but I was going to take a year out of school. So we kind of worked together. Okay. So kind of add it up. So tell me, so you, you already had pictures and stuff up on your Instagram. So you were you always interested in fashion growing up? Or? Yeah, it's it's been something I always liked. Like since I was, let's say, seven or six years old, I started dressing myself, you know. Really? Yeah, so it's always something I had a passion in. Tell me about that in Donegal. Like how does one, yeah. how does a seven-year-old lad uh-huh. in Donegal get into fashion? What were you looking at? Were you going and buying magazines? Um, were you? I used to buy those, you know, those pop magazines with all the like Jonas Brothers and stuff. I was very inspired by them. I'd buy like uh, vests and everything, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. I'd pair them with cool like Converse and everything and skinny jeans. I was wearing skinny jeans before anyone else was back then, you know. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. And did people um, in Donegal think that was mad? Yeah, they're all like, why is this wee boy like wearing all these tight clothes and everything, you know. So <laughs> it's kind of funny back then, but now looking back, it was it was cool for my seven-year-old self, you know. Yeah. It was fun. And did you know you wanted to be a model then? Or were no, you were no. just interested in clothes? I just loved clothes and like looking at people who styled themselves cool, you know. It was just an uh, interesting thing for me. But um, no, I, I never thought of modelling, you know. Did you think you wanted to then potentially go and be like a designer or...? Yeah, that's something I always I kind of liked, you know. Okay. I was from a young age, like designing clothes and stuff. Were you I doing used, that? Yeah, I used to get my sister's dolls and I'd like get the sewing machine and kind of sew stuff, you know. Wow, okay. Yeah, but um, through socks, old socks and everything and just take pictures and my collections and everything with that's my sister. Awesome. It was fun, yeah. Cool. cool. I used to do that too. Yeah, I think a lot of people done that. If you like fashion. Yeah, probably it's not cool. lads in Donegal yeah, though. Yeah, lads, seven. yeah, it's so true, I know. Yeah, it's a pretty young age. Um, and were you kind of looking up to models then? Or uh, are there any models even now that you're kind of looking up to? Yeah, well, there was like uh, Lucky Bluesmith. He was, I used to look up to him a lot. Funny I do enough, not know who he is. He, uh, he started off when he was really young. And they said his sister actually started, and then they kind of said uh, he came to the audition with the sister. Yeah, he was I'd say about six years old, and then the casting director said to him, "I want to see this boy when he's maybe seventeen. and then he grew up, and they just signed him straight away. So, wow. uh, then funny enough, I was watching a what was it interview with Ellen DeGeneres on him, and um, I think it was a month or a week later, the photographer just shot me, which I thought was kind of cool, wow. you know. I was just excited. Yeah. Because it was such a small thing for a boy in Donegal, you know? Yeah. Which is cool, though. Well, very serendipitous. Yeah, it was. It was weird the way the universe worked yeah. out. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. you did a bit of modelling then when you were, what, like 17? Yeah, like about 17. Uh-huh. And was that, was that stuff that you kind of organised yourself? Or? Yeah, well, I was with an agency in Dublin, but I kind of left them so I could, like, go overseas and everything, you know? So, okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was good fun while it lasted. So the first big show you walked in, mm-hmm. what was that? 
That was Celine, Autumn 1 through 19. Do you, do you, I mean, I know you know, but you yeah, know how mad that is. I know, it's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> like, even when I got the call, it was, I think it was in December. So it was right before Christmas, and we had to go to London for the casting call. Yeah. So we flew over and met Hattie or whatever, and then we... Sorry, and met who? Hattie Sloman, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought That's you said. Yeah. And um, anyway, we done that, and then... Basically, I heard nothing from them since. So I went to Paris and I lived there for a month. And I kind of went to all these like casting calls for other jobs. Mm -hmm. And then once, like that was a crazy month, you know, like it was eat, sleep, casting. You'd leave the house at 6 a.m. in the day and then you come back at probably 9 o'clock, you know. Oh, my God. So it was a pretty hectic day. But then after like doing this for steady three weeks, I got the call and it was like Celine wants wants you as an exclusive, you know. Wow. So it was kind of a lot of this work for nothing. But it was worth it, you know, because I met a lot of people, which yeah. is cool. So you you gone to Paris even though you didn't know that you were going to be walking in Celine? Yeah, so basically when I got signed in Paris, there's this thing where they take the models yeah. and they'll be in Paris, maybe living in a hotel or whatever for two weeks for the Fashion Week month, you know. And uh, they'll send you, like, a sheet and you have to go to all these casting and fashion houses and, like, run around Paris, mm. which is pretty fun, but... um. It's just a lot of work, you know. I know that from America's Next Top Model. Yeah, uh, it's it's a real thing. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know it was a real thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you're living in a house with lots of other male models. No, I actually I rented an Airbnb for like the month. Oh, fair play to yeah. you. And you're on your own. I was on my own. Yeah. Gosh, that's it. Was it? Were you lonely? Uh, not really. Like you kind of meet friends and everything, like other models along the way. So yeah. you kind of meet up with them, and you know, it's not too bad. And what is involved in the casting calls from 6 o'clock in the morning till 9 o'clock at So night? you get your address and you just whatever, go to the address. You spend all your days on the subways, like running around Paris, and you get to the fashion house and then there's, I'd say, maybe two to three hundred otherwise, you know? Wow. Yeah, so it's a big, it's very competitive, you know? Yeah. But uh, basically you go there and then you line up. Sometimes you could be waiting up to like three hours, which is intense, yeah. Wow. I know, but... um. Yeah, so you queue up and then they'll call your name. Then you do a walk for them yeah. and then you maybe they may ask you some questions. And then if they like you, they'll take you in and take pictures of you and maybe try on, like they'll give you a staple piece of clothes, like maybe a blazer or a jacket, you know, mm-hmm. something that's going to be important in the show. Mm-hmm. And then they'll make you walk in it and see how you look. So it's kind of like a whole process. Yeah, it's really, yeah. really fascinating. It is, it's crazy. And did you, like, how did you, how did you know how to walk? I don't know. Um, Sorry, I know that's... Like, no, it's... <laughs> we all know how to walk, obviously. Everyone knows how to walk, But, yeah. you know, like, watching you mm-hmm. in the Celine show, your walk is amazing. Like, your skulk. I don't know, but um, the funny thing is, there was... A lot of the boys got, like, 30 tries at the walk. What? And, like, I'd say maybe, like, 20 of the boys out of the show, and I only got one. Oh, no! Yeah, so I, I was kind of dropped in the deep end, but it worked out in the end, you know, so... Well, you looked phenomenal. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about... So So you've gotten through, mm-hmm. you've gotten the call from Celine. Mm-hmm. Were you, like, blown away? Were yeah, you like, I was... Okay, here we go. I couldn't believe they wanted me for, like, exclusive, not only just to walk their show, you know? Yeah. Because... They're going to buy in your face for that season, so it's pretty big just for your first show to be bought, you know? So it was kind of a shock, but um, then there was, like, other... There was a few other shows. Like, I had booked seven shows, and then Celine called, and they were like, oh, we want you for yours, so I had to cancel all the other shows, you know? Yeah, which is tough, but... But it's kind of worth it for Celine. Yeah, it's so worth it, like, just even, like, being around Hedy and everything, you know? What the hell is about Hedy? Oh, my God, he's just... 
he's a really cool individual, you know. He's just yeah. he really is like such a fashion minded person, you yeah. know. Yeah, he's really cool. Were you aware of the like significance of yeah. you know, the brand change uh-huh. and you were From aware Phoebe of that? and everything, yeah. 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 Um were people talking about that? Yeah, like even the other models they were like, I wonder like he's supposed to estimate two billion for this menswear collection, you know. So it's a lot to take on. But um I think he's doing well so far, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And was he was he did you like did you have conversations with yeah, him? Yeah, of course. Like yeah. I we met up a few times to like try on different outfits and everything and then he'd be just discussing things and it's funny enough because he was like to me he said uh, I've seen you running around Paris you know just really? randomly and I was like oh, okay what chances is that so yeah it's pretty funny yeah so what's the day like you arrive up to do the show and tell, walk me through what's yeah, the so backstage and... I woke up I'd say 4am oh it's a pretty early start yeah so then I left so we had to go to this address of the uh, hotel where a lot of the models were staying mm-hmm. so we went there first and then we went back to we got the coach to the venue yeah which was um i forget the name actually but it's it's a pretty big landmark and uh you can see the eiffel tower and everything so it's pretty nice. cool and then we all kind of walked there and just walked around seeing the venue and then we went back to the celine headquarters yeah so we all had lunch there and then we didn't hear makeup outside massive team massive crew yeah. it was just crazy overall you know were you um, feeling overwhelmed? Were you nervous? Uh, do you know what? I was I was at the point where my nerves were gone. I was like, I came to Paris all the way to do this show. I'm not going to be nervous, you know? Yeah, you're like, I'm and ready like, for this. Yeah, and I've like grown up with anxiety and everything. So it's kind of, okay. it was so weird for me, you know? So <gasps> That's a just, big step to then. disappear, yeah, it was crazy. And um, it just, I don't know how it vanished. I just think I needed to do the show and just you walk, knew you know? You were in the right place. Yeah, I guess, like nothing was going to go wrong or yeah. anything. So it was fine. But yeah, it was a great time. So then, uh, how did it feel actually doing that walk? I don't know because I had two looks, and I was like, "Oh no, I have to do not one but two, you know." So <laughs> yeah, just kinda, I was worried, but it went out really good. So we just queued up, and uh, we actually started really late for the show, which I think it's like fashionably late. It's oh, a yeah. saying, you know. But um, we had all the sh- or clothes on, and we walked out, and then the time call, everyone was lined up, and. Then the show started, the lights went on, we went out. But I don't know, it's the atmosphere. Like, I couldn't mm. even see who was sitting on the sides because the, like, flash of the camera, you know? Mm. It's crazy. It was surreal. Did yeah. you feel, like, superhuman? Yeah, I really did. It was like, what is this? Just the Eiffel Tower on the side and everything, you know? Incredible Great moment. experience. Yeah, it was so cool. Right, there's that photo of you walking down the centre. The catwalk is huge. Oh, my God. I was, it was overwhelming, I swear. And you just look like the coolest person in the entire world. You've got those shades on and you're, yeah. like, kind of skulking down. Uh, and I don't know. All was, eyes are on you. Yeah, it was pretty hectic, but it was really good fun, yeah. special moment in your life. Oh, yeah. Big moment. Yeah. yeah I know. And have they talked about, you probably can't tell me, but have they talked about working with them again? Uh, maybe, or maybe not, I'm not sure. I can't really say, but yeah, maybe <laughs> okay. something in the works, you never know. Good, good. Yeah. I hope there is. Yeah. Going back to kind of Donegal and your friends, now that you've had that experience and, yeah. you know, that picture has kind of done the rounds uh-huh. and ID, you're all over yeah, and everything. Crazy. Are your friends back in Donegal like, what is happening for you? Yeah, it was crazy. Um, it was, I don't know, like, I walked the show and um, just my Instagram started blowing up, you know? Yeah. Like, I couldn't even open my phone. I'd say that whole, that night I got, like, maybe 500 messages. Wow. So it was really hard. I couldn't even reply, but I went to the after party and 
I can call a few people just, you know, and then everyone was just shocked, you know? Yeah. It was just crazy for, like, someone from Donegal just to yeah. be in Paris Fashion Week, you know? You did, like, I mean, it's it's not an understatement to say you kind of went viral. Like, yeah, this, 100%. It yeah. wasn't just a regular, you know, no, not moment all. walking in a show. Yeah. There was a huge kind of buzz around you at the yeah, time. Yeah, I think uh, he did put me in one of the biggest items of the show, you know, that leopard's, or leopard yeah, jacket, yeah. yeah, you know? The gold, which yeah. was was a statement jacket. So Amazing. also like my mom, she, like she was so proud, you know. Why and she, she she called me. She was like, "Oh, my best friend Francis, uh, she was going through like her Vogue newsletter, like the email you get." And I was like the front picture. <laughs> so she was just so proud. She was like, "Oh, great, you know." When but, your um, mom's proud, that's it. Yeah, like, that's job done, thing. isn't so it? True. That's all that matters. I know. That's literally the angle, you know. <laughs> so true. And are your friends in school and and, and yeah. they all like? Oh, they're just so amazed. They. I don't know. Everyone's just very happy for me, yeah, you know. Good. Yeah, good. And is there anything that you're doing then, like outside of modeling, that you're interested in? Uh, or? I'd say about a year and a half ago, I started these two Instagram accounts. Okay, so great. They've actually grown really much. It's like uh, it's basically like a blog where I post like um, I wouldn't say streetwear. It's like uh, high fashion, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I reposted, but it's done really well. Like I have a lot of people following the kinds like big models and stuff, you know. What's he? What's the like, uh, handle? The first one, it's kind of like a men's or animals, where it's called Smart Streetwear. Okay. And the second one, she's far out with two R's. She's far out with yeah. two R's. It's crazy because like a lot of big models followed as well, you know, like Rosie Whitley and wow. who else? Elsa Hosk and everything. It's pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. I would say Freddie is sitting in front of me here looks incredibly stylish today. You're <laughs> wearing, you. he's wearing skinny, they're not jeans, are they trousers? They're trousers, yeah. Skinny black trousers. None other than the Celine hoodie. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> and the wrong. most amazing pointed white boots from a brand called Naked Wolf that I haven't heard of. Before. Yeah, Naked Wolf always hooking me up. They're great. They're very, yeah. very cool. Yeah, so they always I keep my feet supplied, I must say. Yeah. Nearly every like two months, I get a new really? pair of shoes. They're great. Do you get lots of cool stuff? Yeah, now and again. I mean, Instagram's just blown away by people in DMs, you know? Yeah. But um, you have to be very selective what you of take. Of course you do, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, so talking about social media, it was interesting you touched on earlier there about that you've suffered from anxiety a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Do you find social media, I, I, like personally, I think social media is a really <coughs> scary, potentially damaging place yeah. for young people. 100%. But it's also obviously, and it has been for you, full mm. of really great opportunities. And, yeah. Um, it's kind of, you know, it comes with good and bad. Yeah, exactly. So what's your relationship been like then with social media? I mean, since I was young... Uh, as like an early adapter of social media, like okay. our generation, I suppose, at such a young age. Um, I, growing up on it, I just feel that, like, looking at other pictures of people, like, it kind of, you just get inspired from mm. my point of view, you know? Mm. But then there's another aspect of these, like, children growing up and they're seeing these people highly face tuned, highly, like, yeah. just photoshopped in general. And, like, that's, it's really bad for your mental health and everything. Yeah. It's just really damaging. So, I don't know, I think. It's very filtered, you know. Yeah, which is crazy. And but I mean, you, you know, it's awesome looking at you. It's like you're, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't look like what you describe your regular perfect. Yeah. You know, like you're unusual looking, but in the best possible way. Oh, thank you. Sorry, I know no, you're <laughs> strange fine. Strange thing no to worries. say, but of course. like he's six foot two, and you're yeah. just really, really striking. ID's right, your jaw does look like it could cut oh, my fingers thank you. off. <laughs> <laughs> Too kind. But that's really nice to see that you're kind of 
you know, you are a role model out there for young men and yeah. you're not one of those gym buff guys. Who yeah, is, exactly. You know, like snore. Haven't we all had enough? Oh my God, I know. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's just, it's a certain stereotype, I guess. And how do you deal with your anxiety then? Is that something that you still have? No, well, I did like, I kind of overcame it by now, you know, right. I, I guess I had to because my job, but um. It's kind of just do something that scares you every day yeah. attitude, you know. So, yeah. But it works, you know. You get there in the end. It's just a time time process. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah. mean, I can't imagine something that's more frightening than oh my God. in the middle of a Jeez, on front of all these people, yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure Carol Lagerfeld was there and all before his passing. Really? So it was pretty big, yeah. So. so once you can do that, you can do anything. Yeah, pretty much. Just have that in the back of your head and you'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should all go and walk for sleep. Yeah, exactly. Everyone should, yeah. <laughs> that contract. Yeah. Um, I suppose we talk about a lot about like the pressures young women feel and young female models will yeah. feel um, to maybe be, you know, look a certain way or be a certain body type. Okay. Are you aware of that now that you're a, a male model? Like, yeah, yeah. Are you kind of trying to maintain a certain, you know, look or yeah, is it something you think about? There is like I don't... Uh when I was with Selena, I'd done showrooms as well. So this is where the buyers come, you know, yeah. from around the world and maybe like the high-end stores. And then they'll see the clothes before they go on runway, you know. Okay. So we'll go out and walk around in these outfits all day and uh, we'll be in the back dressing rooms. But every single piece of clothes, it's just one of one. Each of the models have to fit into this outfit, you know. Wow. So all these outfits. So if you're not that body type, you're at the window. So and what sizes are intense. they? They're all the same size. Um, like thirty waist or twenty eight waist, Jake. you know. And then like the legs are so like just tight and everything. And that's but just that's Heidi really Slaman's very tight, you know, skinny jean look. But yeah. um, it's very specific, yeah. Yeah. But uh, they'll have like maybe the shoes. There's always bigger sizes, but they might be like, I'll fit into these if it's just like three sizes smaller, and just you know you'll have to walk around. But um, yeah, it's there, all right. You know, it's just you have to. Personally, like, I don't have to worry, you know, because I think my body's okay. Yeah. Because obviously I'm getting the jobs for it, so. But it is such a big stigma with girls and a lot in general. There is, like, a body thing going on, you mm. know. And there so still is. Yeah, it's like, now, like, there's plus-size models and then there's all these other people, like, do you know what I mean? Them petite models for, like, campaigns. So it's really changing really fast, you know? Yeah. And I think that's good for, like, younger kids to grow up and see these people on billboards, you know? Yeah. Which is really good. Yeah, there's lots done and there's lots more to do. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And do you, do you kind of, how do you think about your masculinity? We were talking outside about, yeah, like, that's right. what it means to be a man and, and to be a male model. Yeah. What do you feel about that? I don't know, I guess male models are kind of... They're put into that category, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know how I'd describe masculinity, but I would just say that it is that one type. Well, it's not that one type. I think it's very spread out now, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure, you know? It's a lot more diverse now than it ever has been, that yeah. term masculinity. Very true. And that now that, you know, looking at the type of models that are mm -hmm. coming on catwalks like Celine, they are... A, such a range of people yeah, that it's really, true. really nice to see, you know. Like different faces, different shapes of, like, bodies and, you know, yeah. different hair colours, hairstyles. It's yeah. crazy, yeah, yeah, I suppose. So what's next for, for you, Ferdia? Um, well, I'm going to Japan at the end of August, so Very I'm living there for three months. Oh, awesome. So that should be fun, yeah. So To do uh, modelling or modeling, to...? Modelling, yeah. I just got signed there, so... 
Wow. Yeah, so it's pretty big. I can only imagine in Japan. I was in Japan a few months ago. Were you? The you? Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, good. You'll love it. I was worried. I was like, yeah. But like, I stuck out like a sore thumb because I was quite tall. Yeah, and I'm only of course. Five, five. They treat you like royalty. I think yeah. it's like the pale skin or something. Yeah. I don't know what it is. <laughs> sure. Well, you'll have a great time. Yeah, I'm and excited for it. Thank you so much for coming all the way down. Of course. And for all it's the a pleasure. Thank uh, you. It was really lovely talking to you. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait on. to just watch your career. Oh, thank you soar. so much. <laughs> um, so thank you, Ferdia Gallagher. No, thank you. This episode of Smart Casual was brought to you in collaboration with Kildare Village. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, make sure to rate, review and subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Spotify. 